Good morning. We're glad you're here this morning. If you're visiting with us, we want to give you a special welcome. We want to tell you that uh, we're thrilled you're here, and uh, we would really like to uh, be able to get to know you, be able to talk to you, uh, spend some time with you. In order to do that, we have lunch prepared right over here in, uh, in, in the fellowship hall. We do that just about every week. We won't do it next week because it's the fifth Sunday and our, our, our uh, people that do that need to take a break too. But uh, this week we do have lunch. We would love for you to join us and um, give you a chance to get connected, get plugged in. If you are visiting with us, we're wrapping up our... <laughs> We're wrapping up, I, I didn't even do that on purpose, we're wrapping up our series, Unwrapping Christmas, um, where we've looked at a number of different things about uh, Christmas and, and, uh, and different things that we do. But before we dig into that, there's a couple things I want to r- tell you about. Starting, uh, not next week, but the beginning of January, we're going we're gonna to start a new series we're going to call Stronger. Um, that is, uh, is we're going to talk about Developing stronger relationships, stronger families, uh, stronger marriages, um, stronger parent-child relationships, and uh, really excited about this. I hope you'll make plans to be here for that. That's going to be throughout the month of January, and then at the end of January, on January 25th, we're going to have, that's a Saturday, we're going to have an all-day Building Stronger Marriages workshop. Um, this is put on by a couple, Trey and Leah Morgan. Um, they do this all over the country and, and are highly sought after. We booked this uh, almost two years ago um, so that we could get in. Um, if you were to do this, that's the next slide, Brent. Keep going. If, if uh, These are some of the, the quotes that they've had about these, uh, this, this thing. If you were to do this, it would cost you a, a significant amount per couple, but we're doing this for you. The church is going to do this for you. We're taking care of that. This is going to be a free uh, thing. It's going to be open to the public. And so if you have friends and you've been talking about, hey, how do, we, how do I invite my friends to church? It's a perfect thing. Hey, we're doing this Stronger Marriages workshop. It's on a Saturday. Um, it, it's, it's normally a, 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 a big fee that you would have to pay for this all-day thing, but our church is footing the bill. All you got to do is register and show up. And so uh, there is nobody who, who can't have a stronger marriage. So we're really excited about that. I hope that you will make plans. Um, that link is going to be on our website, hcoc.church, for you to sign up for that thing. And, and space is limited, so we want to get people signed up as soon as possible. So let's, let's all, the, all the business aside now, we're going to have a word of prayer and we'll get to our, our message this morning. Father, we thank you so much for all your blessings. We thank you mostly for the blessing of Jesus, for the gift of, of you coming to earth, making your dwelling among us. Lord, bless us this morning as we look at that precious story. Convict our hearts. Speak to us this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the the presence of God, was hovering over the waters. That the presence of God created the world. The Spirit of God was was the glory that, that created the universe. 
That spirit was there from the very beginning. Then in Genesis 2, God's presence interacts with man in the garden. The Bible says that, that he walks with men, that, that God spent time with men, that God interacted with us on a, on a personal level, that the Spirit of God, the presence of God was there with us. And then sin came into the world. And suddenly, men hid from God. God still came. God still tried. His his presence was still coming down, but we had created a separation. We hid ourselves from Him. God still tried to bring that intimacy. He he speaks to Noah. He he speaks to Abraham. God's presence uh, is eventually found in a burning bush. And uh, he speaks to Moses and tells Moses to go to Egypt and for Moses to speak to the powers and the principalities of the world. Let his people go. God's presence descends on Egypt in a dramatic, scary way. In fact, uh, God's presence caused plagues that made the Egyptians allow the Israelites to leave. And then through a pillar of fire and cloud, God led his children by that presence. And he led them into the desert until finally they came to Mount Sinai, and there God's presence descends onto the mountain. And in Exodus 24, we, we, we read, starting at verse 15, Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord, read presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. God agrees to show his presence to Moses. Moses asks, show me your glory. And God says, you can't handle it. In Exodus 33, verse 18, Then Moses said, I pray, show me your glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. And so the glory of God passes by and Moses gets to catch a glimpse of that, the, the glory of God that, that had come to, to dwell among Israel. But the glory of God was still trying to connect with mankind. Eventually, God gives them instructions and, and creates for them a place for them to interact with His glory. His presence, His glory, descends onto this, uh, this tent, this tabernacle that they've created. According to God's specifications, it was a sacred place where the presence of God would come 
And, and so the Bible tells us that the glory of God descends onto that place. And, and, and as it descended, that was where men would connect with God. The Exodus chapter 40. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, that's the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord, read presence of the Lord, filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You go on through Scripture, and the glory of the Lord is going to appear to Gideon. The glory of the Lord is going to appear to, to Manoah. The, the, the glory of the Lord is going to uh, appear to, to different people in different ways. Eventually, the, the glory of the Lord is going to come to dwell in the temple, the temple created by Solomon. And in 2 Chronicles 7, we, we see that happen. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1. Now, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, filled the house. The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. And so the presence of God, the glory of God, the Spirit of God is living inside the temple so men can interact with it until the tragedy of the Babylonian exile. Over 350 years after the glory of the Lord has descended on the temple and, and, and filled it in that passage in Chronicles, over 350 years later, the wickedness of the southern kingdom has become more than God can stand. And the book of Ezekiel tells this story of, of what happens when the, the debauchery and the wickedness of God's people becomes more than he can handle, more than he wants to deal with. It's a vision, and, and in that vision, the, the, prophets, the prophet sees that the temple, the temple is being filled with all manner of sin, that the temple of the Lord is being filled with abominations and idols. That there's wickedness and, and this activity offends God. And, and he begins to act decisively. The glory of the Lord, God's visible presence, had hovered above the Ark of the Covenant for almost 800 years. The glory of the Lord had been among Israel there in that temple. Then the unthinkable happens. Ezekiel watches in stunned silence as the glory of the Lord starts to leave. And it floats away from there where it had hovered for 800 years. And it moves into the outer court. And the priests don't see it. And it moves into the, the court of the women. And nobody sees it. And it moves into the court of the Gentiles. And nobody sees it. Until finally, the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord that had been with Israel, that had been interacting with mankind from the very beginning, leaves.
Technology is my friend. And so, from the time of the Babylonian exile until somewhere around 5-6 BC, a period of over 500 years, the glory of God was no longer in the midst of the Jews or residing in the temple. It was gone. There were no prophets. There were no burning bushes. There were no angelic encounters. There were no judges. There were no uh, voices. There were no new Scriptures written. There was nothing. Because the glory of God had left. During that 500-year period, Isaiah comes to King Ahaz, who is one of those who is being sinful and chasing after all these pagan gods. And he gives him this, this word, and he says, he says, The virgin shall be with child. Behold, the virgin, Isaiah, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah's pleading to, to Ahaz, just trust God. Just trust God. Stop trusting in all this other stuff. Just trust God. He's going to give you a sign. And what is that sign going to be? He's going to give you a sign. He says, God is, is here. God wants to be among you just like He always has. He wants to give you a sign. God wants you to know that His presence is among you. And what's that sign going to be? Child. The virgin shall be with child. And you shall call His name Emmanuel. God with us. It's impossible for us to understand the magnitude of that. It's impossible for us to wrap our minds around that. That the God of the universe, who can speak galaxies into existence, becomes a fetus. That the God of the universe, who knows everything, who knows all, who is, who is what the word we use, omniscient, big fancy churchy word, that He knows everything, becomes a baby that has to be taught to speak, to walk, to pray, to worship. The God who speaks a word and and. and from nothing, something appears. Now has to be changed. Has to be fed. That concept of Emmanuel, God with us. See, that Emmanuel is, is the Holy One. The one who is above all, separated from all, who, who, is, who is beyond comprehension, that Holy One being stripped of all dignity, laid in a feed trough, that 
wrapped in rags. He would be targeted for death. He would be raised on the run. He would be a a refugee. He would be an immigrant. He he would be uh, Emmanuel. But Emmanuel is necessary. It's part of the plan. Emmanuel, from the beginning, has been part of the plan. That from the days of God walking in the garden, from the time of that all Scripture from the beginning has been leading to Emmanuel. Everything from Genesis to Malachi has been leading to Emmanuel. That God will once again truly walk among us. And then, that morning, in the fields around Bethlehem, after over 500 years of absence, something amazing happens. The glory of God returns to His people. We can't get how big a deal that is. After 500 years of absence, after 500 years of, of being away, God has returned and the glory of the Lord shone round about these shepherds. The odd thing is, it didn't return to the temple. It didn't return to the priests who didn't even notice it leaving. It, he didn't return to the, the holy people, the Zadiks that we talked about last week. It, it didn't appear to, to any of those people. It appears to a group of, of outcast, ritually impure shepherds. The Gospel of Luke says, And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So into a world separated, divided, comes Emmanuel. God with us. All the peoples in the ancient world had their gods. And, and this, the, the gods would had different names, but they shared a, a, a hierarchy, right? That, that, that the gods ruled at the top of creation, and then the gods created the, the king. And the king was, was, was their man, the, the, who the god had created. And then other gods created the members of the court, and, and the members of the king's court were created. And, and then there were other gods who created the, the artisans and the merchants and the craftspeople. And, and below them all were the peasants and the slaves, the, the dregs of humanity, if you will. And, and in that hierarchy, the king was divine because he was made in the image of God. And, and there was a dividing line between the king and everyone else because he was made in the image of the God. Everybody else was made by, by scraps. By, by junior gods or, or the peasants like these shepherds were not made in the image of the gods. They were inferior. They weren't as good. And this was common Roman theology. This was the common understanding of the day throughout the Roman Empire. And, and Emmanuel challenges all of that. Emmanuel says that here laying in the manger, 
is the one and only God. And He's good. And every human being is made in His image. Imagine what that did for the hearts of those dregs of humanity. The angels say, we bring you good news of great joy. That good news is Emmanuel. He loves you enough to come for you. He loves you enough to give it all up. Paul's going to later say that, that, that he, would, he would make himself nothing. He would pour it all out. The glory of the Lord returns and, and, it, and it reappears in Bethlehem of Judea. And in this time, the glory doesn't go away. The glory descends on the person of Jesus and, and that glory would remain on that person. John's going to say, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the one and only Son of God. Everything from Genesis to Malachi is leading to this moment. The moment when the glory of God returns. Emmanuel. John's going to say He will make His dwelling, literally pitch His tent, His tabernacle among us. He's going to make His tent among us. Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel changes religion into relationship because religion, your God, is far off. You have to come to Him through a bunch of hoops you have to jump through. And, and Emmanuel changes that. No longer do you address God through priests or through sacrifices. He's there with you. Emmanuel. God with us. It's nuts. Only Christianity makes such a claim. Muslims would never believe that Allah could be made flesh. It's impossible. Hindus would say, yes, Vishnu had come down and had been had avatars, they call them, where, where he had put on human skin, but he was still God. It was still, it wasn't the same. He didn't become one of us. A God becoming one of us is just ridiculous. No religion in the world can get their mind around this. Emmanuel, God with us. All of Scripture is pointing to this moment. All of Scripture is saying it's coming. It's been building to Matthew 1.23. Emmanuel, God with us. The reason for this season is not presents and toys. It's not even family. It's Emmanuel. God made flesh, making His dwelling among us. That's good news. This season, sometimes it's easy to feel lonely. Maybe you feel alone in the world because you're missing people. This time of year brings it back really hard because we get nostalgic and there are many whose, whose hearts are broken and, and you're hurting this time of year because you miss somebody and you wish that they were here. And all this stuff brings that back to you and you feel lonely and you feel alone and you feel forgotten. But, but the good news of this season is Emmanuel. God is with you. God is with you. Maybe this season you feel like you're inadequate. 
I had people tell me, you don't understand, Jeff. I can't come to church. You don't know what I've done. You, you don't know. God doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I'm too sinful. I'm not good enough. But the good news of this season is Emmanuel. God is with you regardless. You didn't have to come to Him. You don't have to jump through all the hoops. You don't have to offer all the sacrifices. He did all the work to come to you because He loves you enough to give up all of heaven to be Emmanuel. God with us. That's what we celebrate. Joy to the world because the Lord has come. Emmanuel. God with us. This morning, wherever you are in this season, I encourage you to come to Him. Not about altar calls and all that stuff. I don't care about that. Even if it's just sitting in your seat. Glory in the fact that if you were the only person in the world, He would have still come for you. Emmanuel. God is with us. God made flesh coming to dwell among us. That's what we sing about. That's what we celebrate. He came for you. Now you come to Him. If we can help you, come right now. While together we stand and sing.